Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to another episode of The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and again, I have Pastor John with me this Tuesday morning. And today we're going to be talking about the glory of God. Last week, we opened up uh, this book, Astonished by God, by John Piper, and we talked about the God who is, um, the one who is uncreated, who is everlasting. Um, and today we're going to be talking about his glory. And this is an important aspect of the Christian life. And John Piper thinks it's one of the ultimate things, if not the ultimate thing, is is enjoying and being enthralled by the glory of God because God is enthralled by his own glory. So uh, Piper opens up this, this chapter, John, by asking this question. Um, if God is all that he is, as he talked about in, in chapter one, um, why would he create this world? Why did God create this world? Well, he, he, uh, he talked about the, he answered that question. I'm trying to find out where he answered it in the book here so that I don't misquote him. He quotes Jonathan Edwards on page 31. He says this, Edwards says this, "'Tis no argument of the emptiness or deficiency of a fountain that it is inclined to overflow." So why did God create all of this if he was perfectly content, fulfilled, needing nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, why did he do all this? I mean, if I know something's going to cause me trouble, I don't do it. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I think that's a better part of wisdom. Right. You know, if I, I usually don't intentionally do things, create things in my own world that will bring about suffering in my own experience. And I'm pretty sure that the creation, God's creation included suffering on his part. You know, we, we believe that Jesus became man and he was God from eternity past. And, um, when he became man, he endured all sorts of pain, suffering, sorrow. That wouldn't be my plan, but (laughs) it was God's plan because I think the answers to the, the answer to the question that, that Piper wrote and that you're asking is, is in this chapter. And I think he, I don't want to get, I don't want to, you know, give too much a spoiler here, but um, it has to do with the gospel. Mm-hmm. God reveals something about himself um, in the gospel story, um, in the history of mankind, that would otherwise be, or otherwise remain obscure. Namely, his grace and goodness to us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, the reason I think, and I think what Piper's saying is, one of the greatest reasons for this creation is for God to demonstrate his love and goodness, kindness, mercy, grace towards others. Mm. I mean, I, I could be a wonderfully kind person, um, nice in every way. I could be, I'm not, but I could be. But if no one knew that, what would be the point? And so God... I think, created all of these things to demonstrate the depth of his character, hmm. who he is, who he who he has always been, who he always will be, that he is loving, good, kind, gracious, merciful. Um, and so we are the recipients of a revelation of God where he demonstrates these things to us and we get the joy of benefiting from them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he he asked this question in the very first paragraph of of this chapter. He says, "Why did God create the world?" And in the next 
next paragraph, he, he says the answer is God created the world for his glory. Um, yeah, and what glorifies him? Yeah, yeah, the gospel. <laughs> yeah, ultimately Grace. the gospel. Yeah. Other things glorify yeah. him, like creation, you know, yeah. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of things glorify him. Mm-hmm. O- our obedience glorifies him. Um, the creation, like I just mentioned, the heavens, the, the, the mountains, the rivers, you know, all the details we spoke of last time we met and mm-hmm. talked about these things, you know, these things glorify God. They bring glory to God because of their beauty or greatness or, you know, importance. Um, but all these things, I guess, could be summarized in the statement you just read, mm. for my glory. Mm. Those things glorify God. They exalt God. They lift him up. They make him great. Mm. Um, no, they, I shouldn't say they make him great. They demonstrate his greatness. Mm. He already is great. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Piper does a does a good job here, um, of you know explaining explaining two things, and I think it, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I I think he does he's he's breaks he's breaking this down into two categories: what we would call general revelation, and what we would call special revelation. And if we don't know what that means, general revelation is just God God displaying His glory through the things that He's created, right? And so mm-hmm. you know what we've discussed. Everybody can see it. Everybody can generally. See it. And then, as we're about to discuss this this idea of special revelation, which is is what we see of God through Scripture and ultimately in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Um. And so, how do we, how do we as humans? Um, get God's glory wrong when in regards to in in regards of general revelation um, how do we get God's glory wrong if that makes sense Uh, misunderstanding its origin sure yeah right I mean you're talking about evolutionary philosophy is that what you're talking about yeah or just I mean if God created this for his glory yeah if, if he just creation in general if he created this for his glory how do we how do we get it wrong? Well, like like I said, you can you can I suppose give credit to chance and say all this came about by chance and there is no God and, he, and if there is, he had nothing to do with it. I mean, that's one way you can get it wrong, mm-hmm, right? I suppose another way you can get it wrong is to abuse it, to abuse his creation, misuse it, abuse it, um, to. Um, not experience it, enjoy it the way he intended. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're after? Sure. Are you the kind of things you're after? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think all these things, we can get it wrong by all the above. But um, I don't know. I, I I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in the church. I, I have never, I have never had to struggle intellectually with the idea of a creator. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's always been the case in my mind. Uh, this is, I mean, the heavens declare the glory of God. Like, duh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not a challenge for me to to embrace that yeah. as it is for some. So I, I mean, I, I think that's where you you think you begin thinking about the glory of God is his his general revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, the things we see in nature, and what do you say to those things? What do you? How do you respond to that? And I. And if you're asking me, okay, how does humanity get that wrong? I would say what I've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if that's where you're going with this, but that's, sure. that's what comes to mind. Yeah, I, I think of, I mean, I mean, he, he, he points back to Romans 1 on page, on page 29. And he's, he's saying the great, the great tragedy of the universe is that while human beings were made to glorify God, um, we have all fallen short of this purpose and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, especially the one in the mirror. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> I think that's what I meant when, yeah. you know, that, that's what, that's what you're after. And that's what I meant by, you know, we, we abuse and, yeah. and, uh, misuse. We, we, we think that the, the created is the most important mm-hmm. over the creator or, yeah. you know, we, we run away with the gifts and forget about the giver. Yeah. You know, that, that would be a great shame yeah. in any birthday party that the person who receives the gifts is more enamored with the gift than the person who mm-hmm. gave it. The point isn't the, the gift itself. It's the love from the giver. Yeah. That's important. And, and like when the people say, oh, it was a thought that counts. I got a pair of socks for Christmas. Great. Thank you. Uh, it's the thought that counts, really. It's, it, what's more important than the socks is the person who gave me the socks. Mm-hmm. And, and they're attempt to demonstrate a love and care for me yeah and i think that's where we might go wrong you know in view of the of the created order yeah so yeah. we take the gifts and don't even give a second thought to the giver yeah. of those gifts like life breath strength health vision yeah. our senses you know all five senses so yeah 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 i think it's 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 this is where we come into you know idol worship you know that's why that's why god made a major importance uh big deal about you shall have no other god before me because naturally our inclination is to you know focus on the images on the well on the we focus on the, what we can see yeah the tangible i can't see god right i can see nature yeah you know even though god designed it to draw me to him I can see nature. I can get enthusiastic about, you know, being in the mountains or hunting and fishing or, or right. you know, whatever that I can see, touch, feel, taste. But I can't do those things with God. Right. This is why we're naturally, you know, that's why we naturally tend to, to develop idols. Yeah. You know, because we're naturally worshipers, right? We're created as worshipers. Right. And we're to worship one. And because of our limitations, we worship what we can see, taste, touch, hear, feel. Yeah. And because God is a God of his own glory, he created for his own glory, and he's enamored with his own glory. That's why idol worship is so heinous. So what? So heinous. Yeah. Because we're, we're exchanging God and his glory for something that we can hold on to. Which is obviously below God because he made it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. So we're taking the less, right. the lesser, right. in exchange for the greater, which is the point of Romans 1 and, um, that you referenced. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated this section on, on page 30 of the book. Um, you know, what, what does glorify mean is what Piper's asking. Um, in other words, how do you glorify God? Yeah, yeah. And he says, don't take glorify to treat it like beautify beautify means to take a plain room for example and make it beautiful Uh, we don't take a plain god and make him beautiful that is not what glorifying god means and this is where right so the purpose of creation as you started this conversation with is to glorify god right 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 Right. 
Um, and when we think, okay, we're enthusiastic Christians, we're going to go glorify God. We're going to make, we're going to make Him great. Well, yeah. He already is great. Yeah, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So you you can't you you don't glorify God by making Him more attractive. You know, you don't you don't glorify God by like you would try to beautify a house. Like, let's put a new coat of paint on this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, let's cut the grass. Let's make it look good. Let's beautify this. Yeah. And then, oh, look at the glory of that place. Yeah. No, I don't think that's what's being said. Yeah, and it makes that makes your words important. I think because when we say that thing, when we say that kind of stuff, we don't. I don't think we necessarily mean that, but it can come off that way as. Well, I've thought about that in some songs that we sing sometimes yeah. on Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, uh, I exalt thee. I yeah. exalt. Wait a minute. God already is exalted. You got nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, I don't think that's what the author meant in sure. in that song. I think it's a recognition of his exaltation yeah. is in mind of the author and then I think in my mind when we sing it, but it comes across you know, it comes across my mind at times like what are you, what are we doing here? Yeah. We don't make God any greater. Yeah. I mean, he's not he doesn't have a deficiency. Yeah. That we need to shore up somehow. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's important to get. You know, he um, he talks about in that on the next page um, what it means to glorify God. It's not a beautification, but it's a magnification. Yeah. And so we we magnify the Lord. We magnify God's greatness. We magnify God's love, His mercy, and we do it in all sorts of ways. It, when you think of that word, magnify, it. it it opens up a whole new idea of what it means to glorify God. Yeah. And what does a mag what does what does magnification do? And he uses two illustrations of magnification. One is the telescope, and right. one is the microscope. These he he's used these before, by the way, in his writings and, yeah. and preaching. But a microscope takes small things and makes them look big, so you can see them. You can yeah. you can look at atoms. You can look at little tiny germs. You know through a microscope but the way we magnify god is by using a telescope we take something that's enormous like a a distant star and look at it in such a way that we can see it we can recognize it we can get the detail of it Mm -hmm. that's the kind of magnification we're talking about so when we're glorifying god we're taking what little we know about him and making it more visible yeah it's not taking this tiny little piece of god and expanding it like it's it's deficient in some way yeah it's taking that huge massive thing yeah the star or god and making it visible to others yeah yeah i think that's a great illustration yeah yeah that's great yeah and right after that he says you know we are created to see his glory to be thrilled by his glory and to live so as to help others see him and savor him for who and what he and how do you do that how do you how do you actually do that to an invisible God? Yeah. Or for an invisible God yeah. to a fallen people. You know, how do you magnify the greatness of God to your neighbors who don't know Jesus, who don't have any clue about scripture and, and frankly could care less? Yeah. You know, well there's endless ways that we talk about this, you know, being kind. And that doesn't mean that only Christians are kind. You know, I know a lot of people that aren't Christians that are more kind than a lot of Christians I know. <laughs> but it is, that's where we start, right? We, right. we reflect the character of God in our lives. Um, I'm going to be speaking about this a little bit on Sunday. 
Actually, it'll be last Sunday by the time you've heard this. But I'll have spoken about this on Sunday. And um, it's really an important part of what it means to bear the image of God. You know, God created mankind in his image, but sin distorted that image. You know, we fell. That's what the fall is all about. Mm-hmm. We fell into sin. We, we distorted the image of God that was residing within us, that was built, we were built around. But then that redemption found in Christ through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit kind of reshapes the image of God in those of us who know Christ. Mm-hmm. And we are to reflect the nature of God to those around us in our families, in our in our churches, in our small groups, in our places of employment, that brings glory to God. It magnifies the character of God yeah. in and through us. Yeah. So we can demonstrate the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the gentleness of God, you know, the fruits of the Spirit of God. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the fruits yeah. of the Spirit reside in every believer who is truly saved, yeah. right? And those things are supposed to be part of our lives, and that brings glory to God. Yeah. And, by the way, brings people to that place where they can see him, savor him for who he is and what he's done. Yeah. We're the agents yeah. of the divine image. Well, yeah, and, and Piper talks about that, like how, how you know, mankind is, is the pinnacle of creation. Exactly. And there's a reason why <laughs> mankind is the pinnacle of creation, so that we can be redeemed and saved through the blood of Christ, and then to magnify God. Uh, right, so the image of God isn't found in a rock right, or a turtle, for example. Yeah. It's found in, in his, the pinnacle of his creation, the mankind. Yeah. Even though that, that image took a beating in the garden when sin entered, right. it, it is in its purest form in Christ, and those who mm-hmm. embrace Christ receive that the spirit of Christ and he begins to work that that holy perfect image into a reality in our lives who have embraced him mm-hmm. that's what sanctification's all about that's all that's what becoming like Jesus is all about um, we we're becoming or we're rebecoming if i can say it that way like God intended us to originally be in the creation yeah. of mankind and Adam and Eve. Yeah. Even though they fell, we have that opportunity in Christ through the Spirit, um, by the power of God, to, to yeah. be that yeah. thing that brings glory to God and yeah. joy to others. Yeah, and I th- it's really cool, too, to think about that. Like in the garden, it's like that didn't throw God off. It wasn't like when Adam and... Adam and Eve sinned it wasn't like oh oops that wasn't supposed to happen it was like okay okay here we go redemption's beginning yeah well you he Piper talks about this of course the Bible talks about this Ephesians 1 talks about how we are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the word of the earth for the glory of his grace so before the foundation of the world before God created a thing God had in mind had planned to demonstrate the glory of his good grace through those he would forgive and redeem. Yeah. Before before the Adam and Eve fell. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, pretty spectacular stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that, that next section. So you know, he, we t- you talk about God's glory in creation, but you know, the the apex of God's glory in creation is 
is the cross, is the resurrection, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. Um, and I love this section because he, he is going through, he goes through Ephesians 1 and then he makes his way into Revelation. Um, but he says here, um, uh, one of these sub points is the apex of God's display of his own glory is the display of his grace resulting in praise. Yeah. So the, the gospel results in praise. Why? Because he's deserving of glory. Yeah, but why? What happens in the gospel that makes you and me praise God? Because he saves sinners. Yeah, he forgives us. Yeah, <laughs> he, he 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 takes our sin, places it on his the the back of his son, which was nailed to the cross, and our sins are forgiven. Yeah, we're granted pardon. Yeah, which is why we do this every Sunday morning at Sun Valley Church to remind people of the seriousness of sin but the joy and glory of forgiveness yeah. pardon received from our creator yeah. and yeah, that's, that's why we praise him. Yeah. This brings glory to God. Yeah. We praise him for his plan of salvation, for his goodness in Christ towards us who don't deserve it. Yeah. 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 yeah he mentions a few things here um, and how God's glory is connected to the cross of Christ. The second one, you already mentioned the first, but the second one is God planned the praise of the glory of his grace before creation. I just mentioned that. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. It wasn't plan B, like you mentioned. It wasn't like, oops, that wasn't supposed to happen. This was the only plan that has ever been. God wouldn't be God if there were plan B. God can never say, oops. He would... no, he's no longer God as soon as he yeah. utters that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that that's another another glorious ramification of the glory of God in Christ. Well, and I think that's why why redemption is important, right? Because if God is is all glorious, if He's all gracious and merciful and kind, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it's like, well, how do we how do we know how do we know God is gracious unless we experience his grace yeah and, and that's i mean the plan of redemption which, which is, is why he made this world yeah yeah, yeah. the plan yeah. of redemption yeah. the history of mankind yeah it's yeah. a glorious thing and you know we see we see this this obviously is, is coming through christ god's grace is coming through christ and that was that was his next point um you know, again in, in Ephesians one, he says he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, um, to the praise of his glorious grace. To the praise of his glorious grace. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in Ephesians one, we see the Trinity, you know, at at play through through redemption, um, which is which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. And the, the more you and I understand it, the more glory it brings to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we teach and preach, you know, and plead with people yeah. to read their Bibles, to understand God, to pursue Christ. Yeah. Because the more they do, the greater glory it brings God, which he deserves. Yeah. He deserves, of course, more, infinitely more than we could ever give, but he deserves it. Um, so yeah, we have we have some wonderful things here that that roll out of this discussion in the glory of God. Yeah, um, and it begins with God, of course, um, 
in his creation, mm-hmm. well, in his existence, right? He is inherently glorious. Yeah. But the creation of nature uh, reflects that, proves that. Uh, the creation of man and human history, including um, the entrance of of God into this uh, history, yeah. becoming a man, uh, all these things further prove that, that God is glorious in his being. Um, and then we have eternity to continue yeah. for that very fact to be proven to us, the yeah. glorious reality of God. Yeah. He's going to be revealing himself more and more, deeper and deeper, greater and greater ways throughout history. It's not like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? Yeah. It's like the never-ending birthday party. You know, yeah. How boring is this? Yeah. We just played that game for two hours. Can we please go home? That, w- that would be eternity with God if he were not infinite. Yeah. But since he's infinite, there's never going to be a moment of boredom. We're not going to get tired and it's not like we're going to be playing harps for eternity, believe me. Yeah. So there's always going to be more, deeper, greater revelations of himself to us yeah. throughout eternity yeah. because of his infinite reality. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not going to become a boring experience, which anything does become with a limited amount of right. material. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why I think Piper started out with chapter one, the the God who is, because He is infinitely eternal. Like we're not we're not gonna you know become bored with who He is. No, He's gonna no. continue to reveal His glory. To he's us. gonna you know we're not gonna get close to that. Yeah, we're gonna, He's gonna you know save us, bring us to His home, our home, and then. I don't know how that's going to work once we get there, but with um, increments of time, even though we're in eternity, he's going to take us to the next level of his person. Yeah. He says, I want you to gather around. I'm going to show you something. Okay. Hang on just a minute. Now watch this. You know, yeah. Shazam. Yeah. And we're all going <laughs> to be silly for a few millennia. Yeah. And then he's going to, okay, I got another one. Watch this. (laughs) It's kind of like Gandalf and the fireworks, you know, in Hobbitsville. You know, he's like, whoa, you think that was good? Watch this one. (laughs) You know, so. Uh, Yeah, this was, this was a great chapter. Um, Again, friends, we would encourage you to um, pick up a copy of this book and, and read it. Read it with your friends. Read it with your family. Uh, and, and share this podcast with, with friends and family. Um, have them listen to these important aspects of who God is. Um, and if they don't know Christ, this is, this is a great opportunity to, for them to hear about the glorious God who saves sinners. Um, so we would encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family and, and pick up a copy of this book and read it. Um, we hope that you are blown away by God's glory, uh, not only in creation, but through the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation of sinners. Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.